0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of
1: Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts.
0: Ron and McAllen, how can I help you? Well,
2: thank you for taking my call. I am nice. wanting to enclose my, uh, the back of my lanai. Uh, it's about a 16 by 15 foot opening. Uh, I'm wanting to put uh, glass French doors in, and I want to have as much glass as possible on each side of that. And I was wondering if you could address that as far as, um, you know, some tips as far as uh, maybe the type of glass. Uh, Of course, I like to have it as, um, you know, the the low E as possible. Sure. And uh, I like to have as much glass as possible.
0: Okay. Well, you know, nowadays, the glass is pretty much regulated by the government energy codes. And so it, it's all going to be low E and, and energy efficient because they had raised the standards, I think it was about five years ago now. Um, so you, but what you're going to be looking at to get the most glass is going to be on the two sides, just solid glass packs, not really windows. And then your, your slider in the middle. Uh, or you can go with multiple sliders, but truthfully, I think that, that would probably be the best is to have two fixed glass panels and then just a slider in the middle to give you the the most glass that you can get and the most energy-efficient that way as well.
2: Is there a term for the glass panels or that that type of setup? Yeah, you're just looking for a glass pack. Glass pack? Yeah. Now... Uh,
0: you said how? wide did you say that was again? Was it fifteen? Feet?
2: It's it's sixteen foot wide, fifteen high. Fifteen high. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, now you're, you're, it can you're be less have than multiple that different edge. things
0: going on here. Then,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean it can be framed in, but you know I was wanting to have as much class as I could.
0: Yeah, you you will and I'm not going to open s-
2: these. I'm not going to open these windows at all.
0: Yeah. Well, you're definitely going to be doing some framing because that's going to be larger pieces than what they can do. Uh, how clo- uh, McAllen, how close are you to the coast?
2: Oh, a good 70 miles.
0: Okay. Uh, and the reason I'm asking is uh, checking if you're going to be within Windstorm or not. Because if you're no, in Windstorm, I, that, that changes the size even more of what they can do. Uh-huh. No, I won't be uh, yeah, that close. Yeah, not, not at 70 miles. You'll be fine. So typically what they'll do then is come in and, and frame out, and then you can put in the glass panels. You could either get glass packs that can go right into those wood frames, or you could have them made where they've got you know the, the, the vinyl trim and stuff on them so it would match the sliding door. I'll be honest with you, probably if it was mine, uh, and I'm wanting to get max glass on there, I would do my framework and mount just a glass pack straight into the wood frame without having the vinyl around it.
2: Okay. Okay. All righty. I, I do appreciate it. Thank you. You bet.
0: We're going to head down to Manville. and Don, this is Jim. How can I help you?
1: Hey, Jim. Thanks. Uh, it's actually Fedville, Texas, like in Fedville, Arkansas. Oh, okay. But, um, so I, uh, a few years back, about 10 years back, I built my own house, and um, they I got a soil sample done uh, with an engineering company, and there was clay at uh, 5 feet, clay at 10 feet, clay at 20 feet, and so they recommended uh, piers that are 13 feet deep with bell bottoms, and that's what I put in there. Okay. So it's probably not going to go anyplace, but... Here's what I'm wondering. I'm getting ready to sell the house and move to another place,
2: uh-huh.
1: and I'm thinking, is it, if I'm going to go ahead and put in 13 feet of bell bottoms, is it really necessary to get a soil sample? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. And,
0: and here's right. why. You know, okay. the soil sample on residential is normally 20 feet. And, you know, granted, they may say stop at 13 feet. But they may say stop at 14 feet or stop at 12 feet. Uh, and, and what changes it is where they find, if they find a, a layer of sand that runs through there uh, or a layer of really bad soil, you don't want to stop on top of that. Uh, and so it, it can make a difference. Uh, if you go with just a blanket 13 feet, you're just rolling the dice if that's going to be the right footage or not.
1: Okay. Okay, um, Yeah, I just want to tell you a funny story about that. When uh, sure. the guy came out to pour the cement, he told me it was 46 piers. He said it's $10,000. And I said, really? That's a lot of money just to pour the piers. So I said, well, why don't we just make it 6 feet instead of the, the 13 feet? He says, $9,000. I said, it's only $1,000 cheaper? <laughs> he said, yeah, by the time I get my crew out here and just a matter of more cement. Yep. Dig it a little deeper.
0: Yep. Uh, You know, I tell people that all the time. It's, it's, you know, when, when they, they, they ask about the cost of doing a, a small project versus a larger project. And I say the cost to load the truck, get the guys out there and work is the same, whether it's a small job or a big job. Just a reminder, it's a huge help. If you subscribe to rate and review the podcast, it helps people find us. North Dallas, Al, how are you today?
3: Fine. You all right today? I'm doing great. Okay. Well, listen, I just, uh, I know I need to put some type of a bleaching agent on my concrete driveway because it's gotten real dark and dirty and splotchy looking. And uh, I was wondering if if I should just use a good old Clorox bleach or I was wondering about another product. I think you have to, mix up it as a powder and make a solution. And uh, I think it's called TSP. Yeah. Well, you know about that. Uh, you
0: know, it's a TST, trisodium, or T S yeah, trisodium phosphate or something like that. Yeah, that um, you could do that, honestly, on a driveway. The easiest and best way to clean it up is is just with a pressure washer. But they make these uh, round things that you hook up to the pressure washer that it spins underneath. And you're basically walking back and forth with that, and it does a better job of cleaning it up. It's faster, no chemicals involved. uh, And because of the way that thing spins as you're moving around, uh, it gives it a nice, even cleaning.
3: Uh, where, Where do you rent one of those type deals?
0: Oh, you can. Uh, most of the rental places uh, should have one of them, uh, and if if you ever buy a small uh, pressure washer, you can get them even with they, that they come with it on them a lot of times. A uh, Northern Tool and Supply actually sells one that you have to have at least a, I can't remember a three or four thousand psi pressure washer to use. That one works great. I have that one. but
3: uh, yeah, I don't want to buy nothing. I no, don't have room, you, uh, any room to store it. See? Yeah, just, That's why I want to rent some.
0: Yeah, just go to the rental places that have pressure washers. And like I said, virtually all of them do. Uh, and just tell them you need the the walk-behind for cleaning concrete, and uh, they'll know what you're talking about. Mighty fine. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Take care. This comes from Charles down on Crystal Beach. But this happens a lot here as well. It says my house was built on Crystal Beach, Bulva Peninsula, and faces the ocean. It gets hit hard by the weather all year round. This year I noticed the subfloor getting soft. I had it partially replaced. Now I'm finding the same problem in other areas. I bought a moisture meter. I feel there is still more leaks somewhere. I started recocking the windows and door facing the ocean. The problem for now is mostly on the side facing the ocean. I'm wondering if I need to replace all the fiberglass insulation with foam under the subfloor. This would be a big job, but I'm hoping to prevent further damage. I have a man-made wood floor with a blue barrier material between it and the wooden subfloor. I tried talking to the builder about this, but he doesn't return my calls. Any suggestions on what I should do? Well, first of all, this is a great example of why i like you to pick up the phone and give me a call so we can talk about these things. Because my first question would be, underneath the home, because this is up on stilts, and I know the construction there on Crystal Beach area, it's going to be up on stilts, and they put insulation. The question is, did they put plywood or party plank or something under there as well and if they did they shouldn't have that seals in the moisture and yes the insulation is going to hold the moisture then against the wood the first place you're going to see it is that subfloor because it's typically either chipboard or particle board not solid wood and it starts to give way first and as much as i hate to tell you this yes you need to take all that insulation out if you want insulation it needs to be a closed cell foam the other thing though is it needs to stay ventilated so that there's air movement underneath there and quite frankly this has become a little bit of a problem in the way some of the builders have started putting structures together down on the beach fronts there because people want a nice finished look when they look underneath the home so they're putting that plywood up there uh, to hide all the floor joists and everything so when you go under the home because you know they're up on stilts 10 feet in the air you're looking at a nice finished ceiling from down below but it's problematic and it should not be done that way just like here in the north texas area you don't close the vents up on your crawl space home because that raises the humidity levels. You don't put fiberglass or any other type other than closed cell foam insulation under the crawl space, and quite frankly, you don't need any insulation underneath there. The temperature changes are just not that drastic that it's going to make a, a big difference in your energy bills. Uh, you know, a lot of times people will say, Oh, well, I just don't want my toes to be that cold when I get up and stuff. It's not even going to make a big difference on that keep in mind hot air rises it doesn't sit on the floor and so it's just not going to make a huge difference if you, at all possible leave the insulation out from under crawl space home leave it well ventilated in your home ah this comes from lisa in fort worth we are under contract We're in our inspection period and just found out the home has had 35 pressed piers recently installed and one whole end of the structure has been lifted too high. The home is a flip and a company that did the work has a lot of dissatisfied customers online. Should we walk away? It's a beautiful large ranch in a nice neighborhood will a reputable company be willing to come in behind a bad job and fix it what is the ballpark cost of such a rescue R- don't just walk run a foundation job that's been done wrong that way if it was just recently done and it's overlifted one piers don't it will not go back down the foundation will not settle back down Engineers are forever saying, hey, let's pull the shims and, and see if we can set it down. It doesn't happen. The soils expand and they hold it up. Uh, two, if it is a bad, reputa- unreputable company, uh, I'm sorry, those piers are always going to be problematic. So the problem with the a lot of these flip guys is they will hire the dirt cheapest company they can get. In order to do the work and that's not quality work and you really if they cut the corner on this what else did they cut corners on in the house and I understand it's hard to find houses right now but give you an idea you could easily spend thirty thousand dollars fixing an issue like this so again don't walk run you don't want this house find another one we're gonna head out to Katie and Sean, welcome to
4: Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. Got a quick question about a thermostat for my AC. Um, We just had the condenser unit replaced. I'm sorry, not the condenser unit. The evaporator call on the inside, and everything is running fine. Except that if I say, like, I set the temperature to 70 degrees for the AC to come on, the house might be at 68, and I can hear the fan run. And it's like, okay, the A.C. shouldn't be kicking on
3: because it hadn't
4: met that temperature threshold yet. Is that something normal, that just periodically? Uh,
3: you,
0: you you lost me for a second there because, okay, you, so you it's 68 degrees. You set the thermostat at 74, and you're hearing the fan click on, and, and what's the issue?
4: Yeah, it's like... I know the outside unit isn't kicking on to turn on AC. There's just the fan I could hear running in the attic, and I could even turn the thermostat totally onto off. And okay. Every now and then I'll hear the fan come on again. I just don't know if that's something common with these newer systems or it's just a defect in the thermostat.
0: Well, if you're going from 68 to to 72, your your heater's going to kick on. Do you have a heat pump?
4: Well, that's I mean heater heater or AC. It's just not corresponding to the correct temperature that it's
0: supposed to be kicking right. on. Okay. Well, the outside unit's not going to do anything if you're turning the heater on unless you have a heat pump. Right. Uh, right. If, if, are you gas heat? Uh, yes, gas. Yes. Okay. So when on a gas heater, yes, the, the fan on some systems will come on as the heater is heating up uh, just to start blowing the air right away. And so that okay. would be actually be normal. Um Okay. On the AC even
4: side. If I would, even if I, I turn the entire system off on the thermostat, the fan would still run?
0: The fan would run until it cools itself off. Okay. Yeah, once, once the system cools off, which shouldn't take more than a couple minutes, then the fan should shut off.
4: Yeah. Now, this is, like, I could turn it off for the entire day. Like, I've had it off, like, last two days or whatever. And I still hear the fan come on every now and then.
0: <laughs> okay, then yes, something's not right. Uh and it can be as simple as uh a wire's not hooked up properly.
4: Okay. So, would it be the thermostat itself or something inside
0: the unit? Uh actually, it could be either one. Uh is either. it is it is it the same thermostat you had before? I'm sorry, what's that? Is it the same thermostat you had or did they replace it when they put the new system in? No, it's
4: it's it's the same one.
0: Okay, then it very well could be the way they hooked it up on the board, in the in the okay. uh, system that. Could, when you say they replaced, did they just replace the coil, or did they replace the whole unit in the attic?
4: Just the coil.
0: Then that shouldn't play into anything at all. Okay. But th- to answer your question, it could be on either side. The likely side is that it's a thermostat problem.
4: Okay. I'm on to way to Home Depot right now. I might pick up a new thermostat and try it out and get if that works. <laughs> Warren,
0: welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you?
3: Yes, I'd like to remove an ordinary tub and put in a walk-in tub. Okay.
0: And when you say a walk-in tub, are you wanting one of those, you know, that sit high and you can go just walk into it and sit on a bench while it fills? Right. right. Okay.
3: And uh, if if possible, I was going to get the one with the water jets and everything in it. Yeah, Uh,
0: most most of them offer that nowadays.
3: All right, now can you get me a contractor to do that? I I was thinking about getting a tub from Home Depot and uh, have someone install it. Take the old one out.
0: You're going to have a hard time with that. Okay. Because most of the people who are going to want to install one for you, they're going to want to get the tub for you as well. Okay. Uh, And, and I I mean, I'll be point blank with it. One, they know they're going to be held responsible for it. You know, if if something goes wrong with the tub and stuff, they don't want to be in the middle of you having to go back to Home Depot to get it replaced and things like that. Uh, Two, they want to
3: make their markup on it. Yeah, but... The ones I have talked to had uh, a markup that's almost four times as much as the tub. Yep. You know,
0: and and I can tell you why those tubs are very problematic.
3: Oh, they are. Yes, they are. Okay, so
0: so uh, and, and here, here's be... here's the big issues with them. Think about how how that tub works. Um, you know, the door opens out. You walk in. You close the door, you latch it. As you fill it with water, the pressure is put on the door trying to push it out, which is the same direction it opens. Okay. Um, in, In a best scenario, the door would open in, you close it, and as the water fills up, it puts pressure to close the door instead of open it. But you don't have enough room in those tubs to do that, and that's the reason they all open to the outside but they're very susceptible to leaks, and then the secondary issue is the pumps on them.
3: Okay, so in other words, uh, if I can look to have a, a lot of problems if I get one.
0: You can expect to be maintaining it. I'm not going to say you're going to have a lot of problems, but when you do have problems with them, it is tough to find somebody who can work on them. Uh I would tell you, if, if I was going to be putting one in, because I have looked into these, and, and uh, over the years I've actually installed some of them, uh, take a look at the uh, American Standard. That's, they, that's
3: what I was going
0: to get. Yeah, they, the they make a, they make a good line. But understand, the stuff you get at Home Depot is not the same stuff that contractors and plumbers get, unless they're just going to Home Depot and getting it. Products are dumbed down when, you, when they sell to the box stores. A John Deere is not the same John Deere that you'd get going to a John Deere dealer. The American Standard toilets and tubs and things like that are not the same. Even though they got the same part number, there's parts inside that are dumbed down because the box stores push on these companies so hard to drop prices. The only way they can make it happen is to dumb down the product.
3: Okay. Okay. Because uh, I was uh, looking at one for around five thousand, and I had a a uh, service man come out, what they call a safety man, to check uh-huh. everything out. And his price was almost twenty thousand dollars against the, you know, with labor and everything against sure. the, the five thousand dollars. And uh, I figured, you know, the labor probably would run about fifteen hundred or so. Oh no, because
0: you you're asking them to take the old tub out, right? Right. Yeah, uh, it, I can guarantee you it's going to be definitely more than fifteen hundred. Like I said, I've put several of these in, and realistically, you're going to be somewhere between twelve and fifteen thousand when you're getting the okay. price on one.
3: Okay, I I, uh, I got a price of twenty thousand dollars. You know, yeah, and that, that's and on that's, the high side. Yeah, and that's kinda of, it kinda of blew me out the water. So I was just wondering, I, I might be better off of just getting a a, a flat shower curb where I could just walk in and, and uh <laughs> and close the shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. Well you what know
0: in some of the uh projects I've done uh where 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 I'm doing charity projects, what I'll do is build showers that you literally can roll a wheelchair into or roll even a bed into. And so, you know, if it's an accessibility issue, you literally on the floor can build a little hump up Uh, rather than having just a a solid little stand-up wall there. It's just a gradual little hump that wheels can go up over. The entire bathroom floor gets tiled that way uh and so when you roll in you just roll up over that little hump you're in the shower area you can have sliding uh glass doors on there you can have a, a curtain on there whatever you want but it gives you a nice big open area for the shower uh and ex- accessibility is is limitless
3: all right all right i was just wondering which way i should go um because uh, I said it's a big jump from 5,000 to 20,000 and yeah. uh I just couldn't see it. You know, I just couldn't see it. So I certainly appreciate you giving me the, the education and the background on on that too because uh I would like to have one but uh I I don't want uh piece of equipment with a, with a lot of maintenance yeah. issues.
0: Yeah. And it, it definitely would be a maintenance issue.
3: All right. All Thank right. You, sir. Warren, it's take care terrible. and have a Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas to you, too.
0: Just uh, real quick on those walk-in tubs. Look, it's not that I don't like walk-in tubs. Uh, for somebody who needs a walk-in tub, they, they're they great. Keep in mind, it needs to be used on a regular basis. You know, if you leave it sit, it will become a maintenance issue. Um, on top of that, If you do leave it sit, and this is whether it's a walk-in tub or just a regular tub that has those jets on it, uh, bacterias will grow in those pipes, so you do have to do maintenance and clean these things. Uh, It's it's not just a matter of turn it on and, and flush it out. Now, like I said, the more you use it, the better off you are because it's always fresh water going through there and stuff, but... The walk-in tubs, the, the biggest maintenance issues you're going to run into is access to the pumps. And if the pumps go out, ha- finding somebody willing to work on the darn thing, and then the door's leaking. Now, the doors leaking has not, over the years, they've been really getting those much better than they once were. But it can still be an issue, and if, if you get one that has a leaking door... It can be a nightmare to get it finally fixed properly. Uh, and back on, just real quick, the stuff you get, like you know, he mentioned Home Depot to get that tub. I can tell you, I've bought those tubs, not from Home Depot, but from regular distributors. <clears throat> and I have to, if if I'm buying one, I have to pay more than that $5,000. And mostly because the parts inside... Are different plastic parts versus metal parts, and that changes the longevity and the uh, usability of that product. So it, it really does make a huge difference. And our neighbors recently put some fill dirt in their backyard, and now ours looks like a lake and doesn't drain off. Is there anything that can be done besides having a fill dirt war? Well. Actually, in Texas, you're not allowed to fill your property and block natural drainage, or push water onto your neighbor's property. So, yeah, there is things you can do. You can actually file a complaint if you're within city limits of Dayton. You should you can file it with uh, Dayton city limits. Getting a county to get involved is like pulling teeth. Now, the other thing you can do is go have a talk with the neighbor and say, look obviously the water was draining across your property. Can we put any type of swale into this to allow the water still to drain through? Now, the third and final option would be to uh, go ahead and put a sump pump type system back there to capture the water and pump it out to your drainage ditch. Uh, You know, not what you really want to do, but that is also an option. You know. But again, in Texas, you're not allowed to drain onto the neighboring property uh, unless that was the natural grade before everything started. But you can't do anything that's going to change that natural drainage or block it. And it sounds like that's what your neighbor did. Uh, I can tell you if you guys get into a filter or you will both lose because eventually you'll get so high it'll start flooding both houses and that's not good for either one of you so uh, probably the to me the best bet would be to talk with them and see if you can put a swale to take the water out across their yard still and uh, keep the keep both properties draining the way they were this comes from bob in houston we are putting down the click in place floor planks in our kitchen Floor has been floated where it was not level, just doesn't stay clicked. We've decided to glue it down what is best. Don't glue it down. That is what is best. Uh, If that floor won't stay clicked together in some specific spot, that means the floor leveler is not level enough yet, or that the floor is not level enough yet, and you maybe need to apply some additional floor leveler or something, but something is still wrong. If that's the case, now if all the floors are not able to click together that that way, it means you got a defective floor or just a real cheap one. And I would suggest you get rid of it and get a different one. But uh, yeah, don't don't start gluing it down. That just creates more problems. Um, the mastic's as they age like we were just talking about, don't hold up as well. And, you know, a lot of people uh, have tile floors that were put in around 18 years ago that they're hearing hollow spots now, and that's because those mastics are letting loose. Now, in some cases, we start getting moisture coming up from underneath through the concrete that makes the, the mastics cut loose, but they, a lot of the new ones are actually a sealer that you can put down that seals the moisture and everything at the same time. But, you know, uh, quite frankly, they haven't been installed for 20 years yet. And so we'll have to see what they do down the road. But in general, I do not recommend glue down on concrete floors. It's it just especially wood, do a floating floor. It becomes an issue down the road. Now, I understand you're not doing wood, you're doing the man-made, and that's fine. But uh, it sounds like you just don't have the floors as level as they need to be yet. And so I think you need to work on that rather than trying to figure out how to glue it down and force it to do something. Because you're going to have pressure all the time trying to pick that floor up. And how are you going to get it to even stay clicked long enough for the glue to set up? Uh, You're forcing it to do something it really just doesn't want to do. Laura, you're back on the line. How can I help you?
5: Hey, Jim, how are
0: you? I'm doing well. How are you?
5: I'm fine. I just want to ask, is it worth the money? Uh, I had some windows put in right before I moved into this house. It's been almost 10 years. I mean, they have the... You know, they're they're better than the builder windows, obviously. Right. And they... Uh, I just want to know whether or not they're... It's worth it to have a company go in and insulate the, in, the inside
0: of them. The inside of the windows? Yeah. No. Okay. Save, save your money.
5: Save your
0: money. In other words, do it yourself? No. You, I, the... Uh, and are you talking about insulating the window frame, the 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 vinyl part? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's just not necessary. The amount of savings you can, you would get from that, you will oh. never recoup in the cost that it takes to do it. Okay. All
5: right. Well, I'm not going to get new windows. I
0: know that. Oh, uh, if, if okay. you, your windows are only ten years old, and I, I will tell you, most of the new ones aren't insulated in there still. Because it's just yeah. not necessary, especially in our climate. Okay.
5: All right. Well, that's what I wanted to know is whether it was worth the money to spend. So uh, I guess I could just caulk around there myself.
0: Oh, yeah. Just caulk the outside and the inside, and that's all you do. You don't need to fill the, the voids in between the, the vinyls and all that stuff. Gotcha.
5: What about the down at the bottom, you know, when you shut the window? Uh-huh. The seal, can you can you
0: re-insulate that? You know, they have a, a, a typically like a, a cloth or felt type piece that seals it up, and yeah, if I you use
5: it, see that MDF.
0: Yeah, and if you use it a lot, uh, those can wear. But yes, they can be replaced. But most of the time, they don't need it. I mean, they they usually last the the life of a window, which is typically going to be about twenty five years.
5: Okay. All right. Well, I guess with the movement of the house and everything else, I've just got I've just got some drafts, and I'm just trying to figure out how to
0: address it. Yeah, f- first thing is to to recock all the windows and get that taken care of.
5: Okay, that's what I'll do,
0: sir. Thank you all so right. much. Merry Christmas, Laura.
5: Hey, Merry Christmas to you. I love your
0: show. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that.